you have a Bible with you, go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5. And I, I think one problem so often in our life, in, in our ministry, when I say our ministry, we all have a ministry because we've been given a ministry, is that we don't know what our ministry is. And if we don't know who we are, then how are we going to do what we're supposed to do, ultimately? And, uh, and you know, there's an example I can use with a phone here. I, I'm not that old, but I am older than a lot of people in this room. I'm 33 as of last month, okay? So... I've always told people, this is it. Jesus was given 33 years. So I, I said for years and years and years, I always said, I'm either going to die at 33 or get married at 33, because either way you lose your life. And the Lord in his humor had me get engaged and now to be married at 33. So either way, death is coming. But hey, I'm moving on. Um, she's not here, you know, so I, I freedom. Anyway, on phones nowadays, and they weren't like this when I was a kid, um, I slide up and I can push a little button right here. All right. And a camera comes. Now, that's the old-fashioned camera right there. But nowadays, we have another button we push down the corner, and now I see myself and you, and you're on a selfie. Now, hang on a second. That's not that great. Um, it's great that you're in it, but it's not that great that we have it. Here's the thing. We look at life oftentimes from that selfie perspective. In other words, how do things affect me? When I open the Word of God, oftentimes we can, we, we can have a danger, not what does it say, but what does it say to me. It's not about what it says to you, it's about what it says. Like It's not about God coming up with some new agenda for you to be part of. It's His eternal plan that He invites us into. And so we can have a selfie approach to life. I remember years ago, my brother, who's quite the intellectual, I mentioned him yesterday, I think, you know, quoted in my university textbook, right? By that, he's a, a PhD dude, whatever. I don't even know all the letters he has with his name. But what I do know is he likes to read. And he wanted me to read. And I didn't like to read much as a kid, especially if the book had no pictures. And so one day he came to me. He's like, Nathan, you need to read this book. And it was called The New Birth Order Book by Dr. Kevin Lehman. And uh, birth order, basically where you're born in the family determines how you act and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, I said, Andy, why should I read this book? He said, because it talks about you. I, so I was intrigued. So I, I opened up the book to the table of contents, and chapter 8 was called Born Last but Not Least. You can fact check, all right? Snopes would say accurate. So chapter 8, Born Last but Not Least. Some of you guys are like, I have no clue what you just said. Just forget it, okay? That was for all those 35 and under. All right, anyway. And so uh, I went to chapter 8, and it started like this. It said, I'm on to you, youngest born. I know you have just skipped the first seven chapters and started right here, but please keep reading. And I was blown away. So they knew me. Like, so I kept reading. And I've read like a lot of his books since then. But again, what was I looking for in that book? Not what the book said. I wanted to know what did the book say about me. Guys, if we approach the Word of God like that, we're going to miss what it says. Because it's not about you opening the Word of God when you just want to be encouraged. It's not about you opening the Word of God just when you need guidance. No, it's about the heart of God. It's about who He is, His character, what He is doing. And then He invites us to be part of this beautiful plan. And so we're going to see who we are in just one quick verse. And through that one verse, I'm just going to pull out five things amazingly in 20 minutes. you see the time right now? It's 622. By 640, I'm out of here, all right? But I have a pet peeve, in, uh, just a pet peeve in general, like when, when we come to the Word of God, and that is that when we discuss, or not the Word of God, but this whole topic of missions. See, the term missions really gets to me, okay? 
And, and you might say, why? It's not that bad of a word. Well, it might not be a bad word, but I think it's an inaccurate word when we come to talk together. I'll tell you why. So like pet peeves in life, I've got a few biblical pet peeves. One is Matthew uh, 18, 20, which brother in love. All right, let's just say it straight out. They really love it. They love the whole idea where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. I get the fact it's for church discipline. I get the fact that you say, well, God's there. But guys, I don't need, if your point is that God's there when we got two or three, he tells me he's with me anywhere I go. I don't need two or three, all right? Yes, I want to meet with my brothers and sisters. But like, again, just like we don't have to rip things out to make God there. Like he's there, all right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's not limited to our brother in theology sometimes. All right. Anyway, some of you are like, that's going too far. No, it's not. It's just accurate. How about this? Jeremiah 29:11. Why we put it on all our postcards or our graduation invitations. Great verse. I know, but I like verse 10. And that makes me like verse 11 more, right? On my computer, I've got Jeremiah 29:10 comes before verse 11. Just saying. It says you're going to be dragged into exile for 70 years. In my own words, you're never coming home again. But I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, right? Like, now it's got a different meaning. Why? Listen, God's plans for your life are bigger than your earthly existence. That's why death is not a threat to me. Because my existence is not limited to some little short life I'm living right now. It's forever with the Lord. And I'm looking forward to the trump sounding and for the dead in Christ to be raised again. And we who are alive and remain to be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we forever be with the Lord. Amen. I'm excited about that. So, Jeremiah 29, 11. I love it, but let's include verse 10, all right? Um, but going back, one more pet peeve, and this is going to lead us into nations. I hear frequently in churches, people say, turn to Revelations chapter... I'm like, it's not in my Bible. There is no book in our Bible called Revelations, and that's bad theology. You say, why is that bad theology? Because it's not about the bulls and the trumpets and the plagues. It's about the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you focus on the revelations, you're focused on the world and all the things happening. But if you can get that S off the word, now you're focused on the author of life. The one who forever is the I am. The one who's the beginning and the ending. The revelation of Jesus Christ and his glory and his majesty, which will be forevermore. It changes it, right? And that's why we're not here to talk about missions not about Niger. It's not about Cuba. It's not about some other land in the world. Yes, we care. We share because we want to pray and to be knowledgeable what the Lord's doing. But it's about the mission. It's not about our missions. It's about his mission. And we plug into it. That's it. So I'm not here to talk about what I'm doing. I shared because I was asked to share. Otherwise, I would not do that anywhere. I'd go straight to the word and just discuss the mission. And so what do, what do we see? Who are we? Well, let's look at who we are. And, and I want to start in verse 17 because it leads us into verse 20. 20 is where we're going to focus our attention over these few minutes. And you see, 15 is left. So it says, therefore, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. There's our ministry. That is, that in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God, making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. 
For our sake he made him who knew no sin to be made sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Wow, thank you, Lord Jesus, for the word. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for this time to gather. And Lord, if I say anything or have said anything that's not from you, just wipe it out of our minds. But God, I pray, impress on our hearts what's on your heart for us to know tonight. And I pray that we would not just know it, but be obedient. May it be true. Blessed are those who have ears to hear. Oh, may we hear. God, we give you this time. We ask for you to be glorified and uh, teach us, show us that we might obey. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Amen. So we see the message of reconciliation, but what I want to focus in on is verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors. And we're not just ambassadors, we're ambassadors for Christ. Now, uh, we need to know something about ambassador, and this is going to lead to another terminology issue. We already talked about missions. But what is an ambassador, or how does an ambassador receive his position? Well, there's a couple things. He's appointed by his head of state. That's important. That's one thing. And then what? He, he's appointed by his head of state and, and he serves in a foreign land in representation of that head of state and of that nation. Now, do you remember what John fifteen sixteen said? It says, uh, I did not choose you, but uh, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So, see, I didn't choose God. God chose me. He chose me to be his ambassador. And I'm not talking about this whole like predestination. All I'm talking about is the fact that when you are in Christ, when you have received the free gift of eternal life offered to all men, you are chosen to go and bear fruit. It comes with the calling. It comes with the ministry of reconciliation. That is who we are in Christ. We are ambassadors. It's not, oh, Lord, do you want me to be one? Now, listen, you've been appointed by a head of state. You've already been appointed. He's already said, go and bear fruit. And this is my father glorified, right? That you go and bear much fruit. He who obeys my commandments is he that loves me. He who loves me, I will love and will manifest myself to him. My father will love and I will love and will manifest myself to him. John 14, 21. And so when you see this term ambassador, what I want us all to see is we are definitely appointed. But what about the foreign land part? Listen carefully. I really am disturbed when someone refers to me as a missionary and not themselves as a missionary. I don't mind you calling me a missionary because I am a missionary. But I sure hope you are too. If you're not a missionary, you're probably not a believer. I'm not saying if you're not, you're not calling yourself a missionary. I'm just saying if you're not a missionary, you're probably, why? Because listen, you have Philippians 3.20 in your Bible. What does it say? For our citizenship is in heaven it doesn't say your citizenship will be in heaven it is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for our savior the lord jesus christ are you eagerly waiting i hope you're eagerly i can't wait for the lord's return even so come lord jesus see here's the thing though uh my citizenship's already there that's my home i might have a couple earthly passports that that i carry but i'll tell you those don't mean much to me i Again, don't, don't take this like in some kind of political way. Just please take it from the word of God kind of way. You know what? I can't pledge my allegiance to any nation on earth because I've already pledged my allegiance to another land. All I'm saying is my allegiance is completely undivided to my king of kings and lord of lords. I've pledged my allegiance to that source. I will die for that king. And all I'm saying is this, that I'm a missionary because he appointed me and the United States is as foreign of a land as Niger will ever be, or as Bhutan will ever be, or Mauritania will ever be. This isn't my home. 
And I think one reason that the church as a whole sometimes is ineffective where they're at is because they think they're home. And my question for you would be, when others look at you from the outside, would they think that you belong here? Would they think that your residence is probably here? I don't mean residence as in, like, don't have a house. That's not what I'm saying at all. That I showed you my house. I have a house. Like, that's not the, the point, though, is when people look at us, they should see that, hang on, you're not investing so much here. You're investing in something which right now they're saying you're wasting your life because you're investing in something they can't see. But what does 2 Corinthians 4.18 tell us? We don't look at the things we see, but the things we don't see, because the things you see are temporary. The things you don't see are eternal. My friends, we are ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a privilege that is to be his ambassador. And so we see that we're appointed and that we represent him in a foreign land. But there's something else about ambassadors. It says we are ambassadors of Christ. It's important that we see we're ambassadors of Christ because there's something else about an ambassador. I interact with ambassadors occasionally, not that often, but occasionally. And I, I know various ones for the United States. And one thing about ambassador is this. You can be friends with them and you can talk and they'll give you their opinion on sports and all this stuff. But when it comes to politics, I no longer hear the opinion of the ambassador. When he or she opens her or his mouth concerning politics, they only speak what their head of state has told them to speak. It's fascinating. It's like I don't even have that person anymore. I have, it used to be Barack Obama, now I've got Donald Trump speaking to me through someone else. In other words, they're not free to give another political agenda. They only represent their head of state. My friends, I can't take the word of God and make it some other message. This is the only way for man to be saved. There is no other name under heaven by which anyone can be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for the Muslim and for the Buddhist and for the Catholic and for the brethren that's simply religious but has never come into relationship with Jesus Christ. My friends, we don't add to it. We don't take away from it. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are his ambassadors. In our world today, it's not politically correct. It's not socially okay. In the area of the world I live in, it can be flat out dangerous sometimes, just like it actually can be here too if we're bold. But that doesn't change our responsibility and our role. We don't speak our opinion. We speak his words. We are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we've been appointed by our head of state. We represent him in a foreign land. We don't speak our own words, but there's something else. I love this one. An ambassador. An ambassador knows where his support comes from. Oh, I love this verse. Wow. We talked about complaining this, mo this morning over um, at, at a Bible Truth Chapel. But, you know, there's something, there's another thing in the, in the Christian world that, that's very common, and that's the word to worry. You know, if you want to give a definition for complaining, worrying is simply preparation to complain in the future. And complaining, like we said this morning, is to boldly declare that God's not fully good. When you complain, you're telling the world around you that God's not fully good. That's what you're saying. Because you're, you're, you're doubting his goodness in a situation that you don't fully understand. That's okay. You don't need to understand. He didn't say understand. He said know me. If you trust him, you don't have to know why. And the thing is here... An ambassador. If, if I have an ambassador to Niger, or if I'm the ambassador to Niger, and, and Niger, the economy collapses, 
and everything just falls apart and the land is in turmoil and the land's in war. Is my paycheck affected? Absolutely not, because where does my paycheck come from? Washington, D.C. Has nothing to do with what's happening in Niger. Nothing at all. Zero. You know, I have a little practice in that garden of mine I showed you a few minutes ago. In the morning, I don't do it every morning. David's been in my garden before. David and Noah, by the way, are two gentlemen that are traveling with me right now. Dear brothers, talk to them later. Noah from Singapore, David from Georgia. But uh, David came over to Niger, you know, and I have a, a, a practice. In the morning, I go outside in my garden, and I just shut up and I listen. And do you know what I hear in my garden? What, what, do you, what do you guys think I hear in my garden when I go out? I just, I'm really quiet and I just listen. What do I hear in all those vines? What do you think I might hear? What's that? Silence. Well, I'm being silent, so there's that silence. I hear something. It makes a little sound like... Uh-huh, birds, these little sparrows. And they're singing. And when I hear them singing, you know what I think of? You know what I think of? Matthew chapter 6. And the Lord says, eh, if I care for the sparrows, how much more do I care for you? And I realize they've eaten again today. They're taken, a care, they're taken care of again today. The Lord has been faithful to give what they need. How much more for a soul he's redeemed by his blood? The Lord cares for us. There is no need for us to worry about tomorrow, what we will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear. There's no need to fear man who can destroy the body, but rather fear God who destroys body and soul in hell. Like we must take our eyes off of our selfie perspective and images of ourselves, and look at what we've been called to. A ministry of reconciliation, a ministry of drawing lost souls to our beautiful Savior. It's like the, the song Channels Only, right? And, and uh, Channels Only, Blessed Master, but with all thy loving power flowing through us, thou canst use us every day and every hour. And then my prayer, ultimately, is that they don't even see the ambassador. In fact, let me do a little quiz for you here. How many of you can name one current United States foreign ambassador? See, ambassadors... They're appointed by the head of state, by the president. They're pretty big people in our government. And you don't even know who they are. Now, if I quizzed you on who the president of the United States is, every single one of you would know. See, people don't need to know us. They don't need to know my name. It'll fade with time. In fact, on my tombstone, I've already made a request to my parents and to my friends to make sure this is done. You say, that's weird, but remember how I started out here. I, I said on my tombstone I said my name is optional but I want 1984 alive forever and then I want only two words and two words only on my tombstone only two words and I, I've given specifically if somebody adds more words please go scrape them off the two words I want are in Christ that's it because when I come to the end of my life guys it's not going to ever be about anything I ever did Anything I ever said, anything the world ever applauded, my entire identity from beginning to end is I am in Jesus Christ. He's my all. Without him, I have nothing. Nothing. And I am nothing. But in him, Galatians 6, 6 and 7 tell me I'm an heir of God. I'm joint heirs with him. Everything that's his is mine. I'm a child of God. I'm the bride of Jesus Christ. And you know, 
before I get to the final point here, because it's going to lead into the final point. Oh, I've got three minutes. Wow, I've got to go fast. What's my motivation? What's our motivation to be faithful ambassadors of Christ? You know, in Matthew 24, 14, Jesus is asked a question by his disciples. They ask him, they say, Jesus, when is the end going to come? Well, you know, when I think about the end, you know what I think about? Face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be when with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ who died for me? I can't wait to be in his presence. I'm so excited. I'm jealous of my friend that just went to his presence on Friday. Aren't we jealous of Emily? And she's with him now. But here's the thing. When Jesus was asked that question, you know what he said? He said, when the gospel of the kingdom's gone into all the world, then the end will come. I don't exactly know how that all plays out. But all I know is he's coming again and... He wants the gospel to go out first. That's what I know. And with 40-something percent that I've never heard, the way I look at it is the expression of a heart longing to see Jesus Christ is someone who goes to those that haven't heard. In Miami, in Pembroke Pines, wherever you are, and across the world. And so that brings us to the fifth and final thing in the last two minutes, which are still there. I don't think the clock moved. Praise the Lord. The final thing is this. When it comes time for war, when it comes time for the end of diplomatic relations, the ambassador is the first removed. Now, you might say, well, there's exceptions. In general, the ambassador is out of there. And I wanted to say it's the same thing in this world. Our time is short. We've been given a ministry of reconciliation in enemy territory. An enemy is not flesh and blood. Enemy is the prince of the power of the air. If someone's got blood in their veins, they are not your enemy, my friends. They are souls that are blinded and that desperately need the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't slap the blind. Go to them and share where they can find sight. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall one preach unless he is sent? But I have chosen you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. The fifth thing is an ambassador is the first one removed. My friends, there is coming a day soon when our job is going to be over. Our term will be finished. And we're going to hear that shout from heaven. Or perhaps the grave will proceed. And in that case, you will be with the Lord. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I don't know how long you have left. I don't know how long I have left. But all I know is this. The time is short. Let's be faithful. Not to missions, but to the mission. The mission of reconciling souls to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. To be his ambassador, let's be forgotten, but let's let his message be remembered. And then people come in contact with us. May they say of us, as they said of John and James. No, James. Sorry, James. I'm looking at you, James. John and Peter in Acts 4.13. John and James were brothers, but... John and Peter in Acts 4.13, you know what they said? They said, these guys have been with Jesus. I pray that when someone comes in contact with our lives, that's what they're going to say. I don't know you, but I know you've been with Jesus. And that will be a far greater influence to leave with this world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and thank you that you have called us into the mission. That we are your missionaries. And thank you for our wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the ultimate missionary who left home and not just to come tell, but to show and to be the sacrifice, the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. I just thank you so much that we have an all sufficient savior who finished the job, that we have such a wonderful message to proclaim to a lost world of hope and joy and peace in the middle of turmoil and hatred and despair. 
God, thank you that we don't have to go out there and wonder, does this work? We see the transforming power that it's having. Thank you, Father, that you are coming soon, that you soon are going to make that signal for the trumpet to sound. And Lord, we look forward to being with you. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So I pray that we would indeed keep this hope in view. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word embedded on our hearts. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to his glory I pray. Amen. Amen.